and welcome to the Brillando Juntas podcast, a space for empowering healthy minds. I am your host and your healing sis, Ev. I'm an Austin-based mental health therapist, and I'm here to guide you and empower you in your own healing journey. Join me every week for soul healing talks as I will share wellness tips to live in your most confident, self-loving, and self-accepting era. Now let's get into today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. I am so glad that you are here for part three of our mini-series on healing from heartbreak. If you have not listened to the last two episodes, make sure that you pause this episode and listen to those first and then come back to this one. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about why processing grief is important and how to overcome the barriers that get in the way of processing grief so that we can move towards acceptance. So just a little bit of a recap from our last two episodes. We talked about some of the stages of grief. We've talked about denial, anger, bargaining, and depression. So in today's episode, I want to talk about how to get to the acceptance phase. So let's dive into the episode. I know that we're all thinking, how can I skip all of the other stages and move to the acceptance phase? And y'all, as much as the previous stages suck, they're a part of the healing process. I know it's not what you want to hear, but looking back at my previous relationship breakups, I have to say that the stages of depression, bargaining, denial, and even anger were some of the hardest times in my life. But even though they were the hardest times in my life, I look back and I realize that that was the pivotal moment in my life that has allowed me to grow as an individual and has allowed me to make the changes that are needed so that I can be a more emotionally healthy individual. So why is processing grief so important? It's important because when we don't deal with our emotions, we're basically in a state of avoidance. And when we're in avoidance, we don't actually get to move towards healing and towards growth. What we're doing is actually increasing our suffering even our hopelessness, and it's not allowing us to heal. But listen, I get it. Avoidance is much easier because it's less challenging and it allows us to not have to deal with our problems in the moment. But that doesn't mean that the problems aren't still there. So let's talk about some barriers that get in the way of processing grief. If you really think about it, it's easier to deny the loss we have experienced in the short term because that way we don't have to process difficult emotions and we don't have to make difficult decisions. And y'all, I get it. I'm a human too. There have been so many times that I wanted to avoid. I'll share with you all a little bit about my most recent breakup that happened in the fall. 
just because I told y'all that I was going to keep it honest and real with you all. And so my ex-partner and I were actually planning on moving in together last fall. And I already had told my apartment complex that I wasn't going to be re-signing my lease. And so when shit hit the fan in our relationship, I was freaking out because I was so nervous that I wasn't going to have housing because I didn't know if I could still stay in my apartment and re-sign my lease. And y'all, I remember that weekend, like it was just yesterday, when we ended up breaking up, I completely wanted to go into a state of avoidance. Like literally, I was spiraling. The first thoughts that popped into my head was like, how can I run away from all this how can I take time off work? I was literally researching on my laptop how to take a leave of absence. How can I escape this reality? I was even thinking about quitting everything that I've worked so hard for and move back home and start over or move to like a completely new state, which home for me is Michigan and I'm currently living in Austin. And as much as I was spiraling that inner wisdom in me was able to reach me and say, girl, Evelyn, don't make any decisions right now. I need you to calm yourself. So my inner wisdom got a hold of me and was like, I need you to take care of your needs for the day. I need you to get some rest and then we'll think about this tomorrow when we have more clarity. So that is exactly what I did. I ended up going for a walk. I talked to my mom, my closest friends. I did some crying, girl. I did a lot of crying that weekend. I remember that I went to Target. I bought myself like some cute things. I bought myself like a book, a new book that I wanted to read. I bought myself like a lot of things that were like calming and soothing. And I think the rest of the night, I ended up watching a movie, I cooked myself some dinner, and then I went to sleep early. Like, I knew, girl, like, you need to go to sleep. Like, go to sleep. And the following day, I already felt so much better, and I ended up talking to my apartment complex and was able to resign my lease, and everything worked out so much more better than expected. I was worried that I was going to have to pay more one because I had re-signed my lease late and two because you know the rents be going up every time but the universe was looking out for me and I actually ended up having to pay less monthly than I was already paying but I have to say y'all honestly making that decision of re-signing my lease was so hard for me because I had just had all these plans that were so different and there was still a lot of uncertainty in my relationship and I didn't know if maybe we might end up getting back together. You know when you break up with someone and you're like, is this it? Like, is this really over or are we going to work this out? I call that like the breakup hangover. 
But again, that inner wisdom in me knew that this relationship was over and that it was not going to work out. And there was a reason why it wasn't working out. And it honestly was an unhealthy relationship. And so instead of making my decision when I was spiraling and emotional and like trying to save the relationship, I ended up making a decision to stay in Austin, re-sign my lease when I was a little bit more calm and had more, honestly, access to my logic brain. But I'm not going to deny the fact that it was hard to make that decision. I knew that re-signing my lease meant that the relationship was not going to move forward. And as painful as it was for the relationship to have come to an end, I knew, like the inner wisdom in you, that was the best decision for me. So I get why we want to avoid because we don't want to have to make difficult decisions and deal with difficult emotions that are painful. But that doesn't lead to long-term solutions because guess what? If you don't allow yourself to process through these hard emotions, you're going to carry all of that into your next relationship. And if you don't take time to process, you are more than likely going to attract the same type of individuals. And yes, I'm speaking to all of us, including myself. If you're ever wondering why you keep attracting the same type of individuals, it's time to look inwards. I remember in one of my therapy sessions, I kept saying, why do I keep attracting emotionally unavailable men? I'm literally about to be 30 years old and have yet to meet an emotionally healthy man. And y'all, it's not that there aren't emotionally healthy men out there, but the men that I'm attracting are not emotionally healthy. So I took a moment, and by the way, my therapist is so good at calling me out. And I was like, okay, something needs to change. What internal work do I need to do so that I attract different type of relationships? See, putting the blame on others is also a state of avoidance because it's so much easier to look at the other person, point the finger and say, well, the relationship didn't work out because they were this, that, and that. But at the end of the day, I'm not responsible for others and neither are you. You're not responsible for anyone's emotional health. I'm also not responsible for trying to change anybody. But I am responsible for myself and my own emotional health. And clearly, girl, there was some changes that I needed to make if these are the type of relationships that I've been attracting. So let's take some accountability for once because if we don't, we're going to keep getting the same results. Also, another big barrier that gets in the way of processing grief is not wanting to do the work because avoidance doesn't require as much work and doesn't require the energy needed to be on this healing journey. Being on a healing journey is hard, y'all, because it requires us to put in work, be intentional, look inwards. This is what they call shadow work. When we're rejecting reality, we're refusing to make the changes that are necessary in our life. I have to believe that some part of you wants to process grief and be on this healing journey. Otherwise, you wouldn't be listening to this episode. So sis, when times get hard, remember that willingness inside of you to be on this healing journey. All right, y'all. So as scary as grief can be, 
it gives us the opportunity to evolve. And the crazy thing is that grief doesn't really shrink or go away. Instead, we keep growing as individuals and growing bigger than the grief. There are going to be times where we will encounter reminders or triggers and we will be right back at that pain of our loss and it's okay to feel sad when this happens. Allow yourself to experience those emotions. The thing about processing grief is that it allows you to have more control over managing your emotion instead of feeling like you can't tolerate the pain. You're actually able to move through the emotion much quicker so that you can get back to living your life. So let's move towards acceptance. I have three tips that will help us move towards acceptance. You all know that I'm all about tangible tips. And so tip number one is be careful with your words and the language that you use. Y'all, I can't begin to express how powerful our words are. Literally what we speak turns into reality. Our words can either heal or destroy. And the reason why I want us to be cautious about our words and our language after a breakup is because we can be so hard on ourselves and start easily moving into negative self-talk. After a breakup, we're in such a vulnerable state and we might start feeling like a failure. We might start moving into what we call a fatalistic mindset and start saying things like, I'm never going to find anyone else. I'm going to be lonely forever. I'm never going to get over this. I don't want to start over. Relationships are hopeless. There's no point in me even trying to date ever again. And y'all, we have to be so cautious with the words that we are using. For example, like never or forever or always. Those are words that are extreme. Like they are absolute words. And when we use those words, we don't make room for anything else in our lives because we're already determining our future for us. If we really think about it, never and always is such a strong word. Like really? Never? Like I'm never going to meet someone else? BFFR. Like girl, your ex-partner was once a stranger before you met him. By the way, I saw that like on TikTok or social media. I can't remember where. But I was like, shit, that is so true. Like before we met this person, they were a complete stranger. We didn't even know of them. So how naive is it for us to think like i'm never right going to like find someone else i'm never gonna have a healthy relationship yeah we're gonna keep having unhealthy relationships if we don't make changes so let's take some accountability right let's not speak that negativity into our life if you want to attract positivity into your life what I want you to do is to use a comma instead of a period. So what do I mean by that? Whenever you're noticing any judgments come up, I want you to say to yourself, I'm sad that my relationship didn't work out and I'm capable of attracting healthy relationships. We can make room for both. We can still mourn and be sad that their relationship didn't work out. And at the same time, we can make space for new opportunities and for growth. I mean, we're allowed to feel sad, right? About our relationship not working out. 
But let's not get into that fatalistic mindset where we make that relationship the end-all be-all of our experience here on earth. I literally have a reminder on my phone screensaver that says, I attract healthy, loving, and respectful relationships because I refuse to believe that I'm not capable of attracting healthy relationship. Sure, it's going to take work for me to get there, but we're all capable. We all have the capacity to experience a healthy relationship, but in order to get there, we have to do the work. And that leads me to tip number two, which is look inwards and ask yourself, what changes do you need to make? All right, you all, this is where we get to pause, reflect, and examine our relationship patterns. Clearly, we're not attracting what we hope we would attract in relationships. So this is a perfect opportunity to look inwards and ask ourselves, what relationship patterns am I exhibiting that are not yielding me the results that I want, right, in return? So we have to accept the fact that if we keep putting in X, we're going to keep getting Y. We have to look inwards, determine what we will do differently so that we don't fall into the same pattern in future relationships. I've shared with you all that being in therapy has been so beneficial for me because my therapist is able to observe some of my behaviors that are not so easy for me to be able to realize that I'm doing. After my relationship breakup, there was something so powerful that my therapist told me as I was reflecting on my relationship ending. She said, Evelyn, do you notice how you're such an empath and keep attracting people who are emotionally unavailable? And y'all, a light bulb went off in my head because I kept reflecting on how my past relationships have never been good at meeting my needs and often left me feeling depleted. And through that reflection, I realized that I need, a, I need to find a good balance between being a giver and a receiver. Something that I realized is that I'm not comfortable receiving. I'm only comfortable giving. And guess what? If I only keep giving in relationships, I'm going to keep attracting individuals that are more comfortable receiving. So I know that something I need to work on and that I have been working on is allowing myself to receive. And by the way, if you're not familiar with feminine and masculine energy, the masculine energy is more about giving and the feminine energy is more about receiving. And listen, you all, I'm about to be 30 this year and I have been in my masculine energy like the majority of my life. Like I've been conditioned to give, 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 and as I have been reflecting, I need to break out of this pattern because I don't have a healthy balance between giving and receiving, aka masculine and feminine energy. Also, I realized like, man, I don't have any boundaries. And y'all, it gets deep because our behaviors, yeah, they come from previous experiences in life. So given my history and the way that I grew up, it makes sense why I struggle with these things. But it doesn't make it an excuse for me to continue with these patterns. So therefore, I've been super intentional about being in my feminine energy and allowing myself to feel more connected and more comfortable with being still and receiving. And by the way, I love talking about this topic. So if you all want an episode about masculine energy versus feminine energy and how to 
find a good balance, let me know in the reviews or send me a message so that I know y'all are interested in this topic as well. So while I work on this and work on myself and establishing healthier patterns for myself, my hope is that I'm going to attract someone that can compliment me in finding that balance. But it's not going to happen if I don't make the changes for myself first. So that is tip number two, you all. Tip number three is find the positive aspects of your previous experiences. One of the statements that we use in my therapy is that life can be worth living even with painful things in it. When I read that statement, y'all, I was like, whoa, that's true. We might be thinking to ourselves, what's the point of relationships? I'm never going to be in a relationship again. I never want to experience a pain like this again. And while all of those thoughts are valid, they rob us from the experience of life and from experiencing love again. So yes, pain is part of the human experience, but it's not the only part of the human experience. There is so much more to life than just the bad moments in life. Let's not discard everything else that we're grateful for and all the other beautiful things that life has to offer. Also, let's not discard all the good things or all the good times that we did get to experience in our previous relationship. I want you to take a moment to reflect and think about what are some important lessons that you can learn from this previous relationship. There may have been some good things in your relationship that you like or that you appreciate it that you want to make sure you carry into your next relationship. So I want you to write those down because we don't have to just focus on the negative things and the things that we didn't like. We can also focus on the good things that we appreciated. And this helps shift our mindset from a fatalistic mindset to a growth mindset because we're using this experience as an opportunity to move towards a healthier relationship. Also, give yourself some credit. Ask yourself, what are some things that I have been doing well? Sometimes we don't give ourselves enough credit for the things that we do well because the negative feels so much more intense and it feels like it's outweighing the positive. For example, something that I really appreciated that I've done well is that I have empathy. I'm able to connect with others and I want to make sure that I don't lose that. I don't want to go into my next relationships and say, I can't be empathic anymore. That is something that is a good quality about me that I want to carry into my next relationships. I was listening to the Mel Robbins podcast at the end of the year and she did a reflection question for the end of the year, but it was around all areas of your life. But I want us to focus on answering maybe these six questions that she had on her podcast so that we can get more information about our relationships. So ask yourself these following six questions in relation to your relationship. So number one, what were some highlights in your relationship? Number two, what were some of the harder aspects of your relationship? Number three, what did you learn about yourself in your relationship? 
Number four, what are you going to stop doing in your relationships? Number five, what are you going to keep doing that has been working well in your relationships? And number six, what are you going to start doing in your future relationships? So again, you all, find opportunities to make this a learning experience and to be able to grow and evolve from this. So I'm going to end the episode right here, you all. Just to recap, the three tips to move towards acceptance is number one, be careful with your words and the language that you use. Number two, look inwards and ask yourself what changes do you need to make. And number three, find the positive aspects of your previous experiences. The next episode will be the last episode of our mini series. And it's going to be all about closure and moving forward. So thank you all for joining me today. If you enjoyed today's episode and you like to help support the podcast, please share it with others. Post it on social media, on your Instagram stories, tag me, DM me. I love hearing y'all's feedback or you can leave a rating and review and to catch all the latest from me if you haven't followed me on social media i am on instagram and tiktok at evie speaks thanks again and i will talk to you next time